there's people who need us, who need, especially in this entrepreneur space, who need your work and your opinions and your ideas and expertise, and they're waiting for it. And it's sad to me that when we stay in our small self, we aren't able to, to reach those people. All right, I want to take a moment before we get into today's episode to make an announcement. I want to let you know that I'm taking applications right now for the Create Purpose Mastermind, an intimate mastermind group for aspiring seven-figure creative female business owners who are looking to build their dream team. So if that's you, go to createpurpose.net forward slash mastermind. Here's what it's going to look like if you decide to spend a year with me and this intimate mastermind. You know, when I was putting this together, I really was thinking about what are the outcomes that I want you to get as a result of spending a year in this group. Number one is I want you to discover your unique greatness. Because when you surround yourself with people who see you for who you are and are able to draw you back to your own greatness, so much can change. Number two, I want to help you master your inner game. Because everything in business starts with self-awareness of why things are the way they are. Because as soon as you become aware of that, you get to decide and make a choice to change it for the better. Number three, I want to see you lead with confidence. You know, because I fundamentally believe you already have everything you need. You don't need another guru to show you the way. And I want to see you build your dream team. And that's what you're ultimately going to be doing in this group is building a business around a team of people that no longer centers around you, the leader, but you now have a team where you now are able to free yourself up to be the true CEO and create a visionary of your business, ultimately to grow your business, make your business easier to manage, more profitable, and a lot more fun. So if you're an inspiring seven-figure creative female business owner who's wanting to build your dream team and grow your business, then please don't wait. There's only 12 seats available, so don't hesitate in getting your application in. What if this were to be your breakthrough year? And what if this mastermind is exactly what you need to really grow your business and bring your unique potential to life? To learn more, go to createpurpose.net forward slash mastermind. Let's get back into the show. In today's episode, I get to sit down with Emily Manning, who helps well-known experts, authors, rising stars really set themselves apart in a very noisy, noisy world. And there's a lot we get into in today's episode. So if you're a business owner, if you have an online business, if you want to expand your business into maybe writing a book or launching a course or just growing your presence online, then tune in because Emily's going to break down three critical steps for us to really set ourselves apart in the marketplace and differentiate ourselves and better connect with our audience. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. All right. Well, today I'm sitting with Emily Manning. She's She has 20 years experience in marketing, media, and personal development. She helps both well-known experts and rising stars become distinct in their industry and really skyrocket their online revenue. In fact, in the last five years alone, she's created revenue streams and strategies that have resulted in over $8.5 million in profits. So I'm really excited to have Emily on the show today. Um, so Emily, 
Could you elaborate a little bit of what you do for clients to help them achieve those results? Sure, Zach. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. So I basically focus in the transformational space and I help experts and entrepreneurs rise above the noise, differentiate themselves, and ultimately add their next six or seven figure revenue streams to their business through basically online products, courses, and programs. And really move from doing one-to-ones, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs get trapped in that (laughs) one-to-one where they can't grow their business. So I help them scale online and ultimately serve more people so they can have more impact and help more people. Very cool. I'm I'm excited for this conversation and where it goes. You know, and I don't know, I got to ask, like, you do some very unique work and you and I have gotten the opportunity to know each other in a mastermind program we've been in in the last year. So I've just been really inspired by some of your work. And I'd love to talk a little bit about what put you on the path of transformational, you know, helping transformational coaches and authors achieve this, you know, that's a unique niche. So how did you find this as your, as your path? Yeah. So this was so not my plan. I was a very type A planner. (laughs) When I was eight, I pretty much planned my life and it was, you know, get straight A's, go to a good college, become a doctor at the time. (laughs) And I pursued that path. You know, when I went to my 10 year high school reunion, I remember a lot of people walking up to me, asking me what I did. And at the time I worked for the United Nations. So I'm going, Oh, I work for the UN. You know, I, I, felt good on the outside, but on the inside, I just wasn't super happy. And I left that 10-year reunion, cried the whole way home. And actually that Monday, I got back to work and walked up to my boss crying. And I handed in my resignation. It was a total leap of faith. I had absolutely no plan. At the time, I thought, well, maybe I'll move to Vermont. I went to college in Vermont. (laughs) And I forgot how cold it was. I looked at other jobs in DC and none felt right. And I ended up coming across this random job posting on Hay House's website. And Hay House is basically a publishing company that specializes in personal development, spiritual, mind-body books. But they also were one of the early companies to put authors online for radio And I really become a fan of Cheryl Richardson's radio show online. And she's basically a life coach for those of you who haven't heard heard of her. A really awesome one. And I saw this job posting. It was part-time, entry-level, so not the right next step. But I had a hunch about it. And I just couldn't let it go. So I applied. And they actually came back and turned me down. (laughs) They said I was overqualified. And... Just through a series of, you know, it ended up working out. So before I knew it, I I basically was packing up my apartment in D.C., where I lived at the time. I was actually working for the U.N.'s D.C. office for the secretary general and drove out cross country in my super Outback, basically listening to U2's Beautiful Day on Repeat, which is now my theme song for that period. <laughs> and yeah, I, I celebrate my 29th birthday eating Mexican takeout alone in Amarillo, Texas. So I show up for my first day of work at Hay House in this really snazzy, very DC-like black suit, high heels, black stockings, and I open the door and I find a whole office full of people wearing t-shirts and flip-flops. And I'm like, maybe I should have given this a little more thought. Wow. So, (laughs) yeah, I was the odd girl out. (laughs) But I really had a hunch about it. A few weeks later, I was drinking a Diet Coke 
in this little like room I was renting. It was, I found it on Craigslist. It was this furnished room. It was in a basement. I'm drinking a Diet Coke, freaking out just about basically what I just did. I, at that point, I think I was making $314 a week. It was $15 an hour. And I'd gone from a pretty, you know, I, at that point in my life, a pretty decent, good position at the United Nations, which was really hard to get. And I had been before the UN, I was working at CNN and doing freelance, doing field producing and interviewing people like Colin Powell. So it was a huge shift. And at that point, I think at that day, I basically had sat in a cubicle researching how to find your power animal. So it was a big, big shift. <laughs> totally freaking out, wondering if I made the hugest mistake of my life. But I I really continued to have a hunch about it. And basically, it just turned out, you know, I worked really hard. And when Hay House became one of the first companies to start to do online courses, this basically, this is early in the online course days. I know now they're everywhere. But at this point, it's around 2008, where they're really just starting to gain some traction. They ended up promoting me to be in charge of it. So I went on to produce gosh, hundreds of online courses with hundreds of experts and bringing in millions in revenue, but really also reaching thousands of people who really enjoyed them. And eventually authors were asking me to do things on the weekends. And five years later, I ended up starting my own business. So it was so not my plan. I did not, but I really believe that sometimes life gives us those nudges that put us on the right track. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'd love to get into really some of the steps to get, because I know one of the things you really do and getting to know you is really help people stand out. And you you said just a little bit ago when we were talking before we started the episode, just stand out in their marketing and their mindset, which is usually I don't see those two words side by side. And and you're already working in the transformational space. So these are these are quite creative people, I would imagine. And there's some specific questions I want to ask you, but before we just dive into that, what are the steps? You know, if, if you're trying to stand out in a noisy world, which I don't care who you are, I mean, whether you're a business owner, have an online business, an author, there's so much going on out there. And so what is it that you found that really helps set people apart? Yeah, well, for me, the first step is really shaking noses, which I know doesn't sound, sounds very confusing. <laughs> but I have a story with that. When I was in college, I studied in Kenya for about six months. And as part of my study there, I ended up living in a village. And we arrived in this village. It was actually my 21st birthday, which was so random. <laughs> And there was a little boy there who had seen very few white people at this point. And he was so nervous. He just kept staring at me. He had the cutest nose. So I ended up just on total impulse walking up to him and wiggling his nose. It was just the cutest little nose. Turned out Ishmael was his name. And actually, by fate, it turned out I was going to be staying with him and his family in their hut. And I spent about a month with them. And it was just funny because it became our thing. Ishmael could speak very little English. He could also speak very little Swahili. He was about five. And at this point, I had learned a little bit of Swahili, but he spoke a which I did not understand at all. And it became like, even though we had this gap in communication, we were just best buds. And he, he would come where I went and follow me. And we developed this thing of shaking noses. So... We'd, every time we'd see each other, we'd, I, we'd give each other a nose shake. 
And it was funny because Ishmael started to tell his friends about this. So pretty soon I had these random people walking up to me and shaking my nose or touching my nose. And I really realized in that moment that to stand out, we really need to act sort of from our our authentic selves, right? We need to stop second guessing and act on impulse, right? To make an impact, we really need to be our true selves, even if it's going against, you know, instead of shaking hands, it's shaking noses. That's why I call it shaking noses. But if I had just shaked hands, I would not have had the same impact on this village. Ebu Kanga is the village in Kenya. So I just really, when I look at entrepreneurs, it is so tempting for us. And I've certainly, I think we all struggle with this on an ongoing basis to follow the crowd and to follow formulas. It's just so important to get back to our roots and do what is in ourselves, right? To not, just to really stop following the crowd. And one of the ways I actually do that in my programs is I have my students, the people I coach, come up with a a name that represents their authentic self, that represents the self they feel most free to be which <laughs> can feel a little silly, but, it, you know, think about it. Madonna named herself, right? Beyonce. <laughs> so to, to really name themselves and, and act from that nature, because of course, as we get older, it's much harder to do that. Well, you know, so as a coach myself, yeah, it's like everybody knows how to grow their business and everybody has the answer, everyone but me. <laughs> so, you know, like if I'm out there looking on Instagram and it's like, geez, what am I missing? everybody's killing it out there. And I have fallen prey to trying to find the eight steps or the prescriptions. And I, I think I'm just now in the past year, starting to find that authentic swing, if you will. And I I wanted to ask you, and I love the step you shared, just the name, what would be an example of a name? So you use Madonna, but give me some more. I'm curious about that. Oh gosh. One of my students Calls herself bright, light, love, healing energy. One of them is the multifaceted soul coach who helps people transform their lives. So it's just, you know, living from that name. I tend to call my group the Extraordinary Entrepreneurs, just sort of as a general name. So yeah, it can be really anything that comes to you that represents that part of yourself. And you know, Zach, like the interest when you say, We are all, I think, this is a life journey for all of us, right? It's so tempting to look at other people and, right, follow their steps. Even, you know, some of the New York Times bestselling authors I've worked with, I, I see them all the time, right? And I'll have to encourage them, like, okay, we need to take a step back and look at what's really, what's inside you and what do you want to create? And we need to not be looking at what so and so is doing. Yeah. So good. You know, and I guess you got me thinking there's something just recently I've been trying to answer the question, what do I really do for clients or what do I desire to do? And I landed on, I draw people toward their own greatness and help them win the battle against resistance. You know, that resistance to your own greatness, which we all have, which I think just speaking what you're speaking about, I think that is a big reason why we we look for what we think is safe, like who's done this? Let's just follow the, the roadmap versus trusting ourselves, um, listening to our own intuition and, and heart and soul and, and acting in, from that place. So this is good. 
This is really good. What else? You know, just because you've been able to help so many people and you've been doing this so many years, what else have you found really to be a critical step in the process? The next step I would say is, I call it go to the top of the stairs. And it's basically the idea of acting from having a clear vision and acting from it. And I really started to develop that back just a story with it. I grew up with a single mom and she cleaned houses. We were, we really struggled because my father actually, you know, he left before I was born. So my entire childhood, my early years was a battle for my mom to get child support at those, at that time it was back in the eighties. It wasn't really something that was on the courts. It wasn't quite, it hadn't started to take, the courts hadn't really started to follow up on a lot of child support. So my father was not the best person (laughs) and I saw my mom struggle a lot And there was one point I had actually never seen my father. I never wanted to. There was one point when I was about 12, I'll never forget. He came to our house. At this point, my mom had gotten remarried and we lived in a cabin in the woods. And I just never forget the sound of, I heard a sound in the driveway. She told me, you know, like, Emily, no, there's nothing coming. You know, there's nothing wrong. And I heard footsteps, thump, thump, thump. And then he knocks on the door and I just had a feeling something was wrong. So I ran up the stairs, ironically, in a don't worry, be happy t-shirt. And <laughs> my mom opens the door and there's my father. Who I'd never been this close to in my entire life. And I was standing at the top of the stairs. This for me, I think was the biggest defining moment of my life. Just realizing like, okay, these challenges like this are going to happen in our lives, but I need to rise above this, right? I need to go to the top of the stairs metaphorically and develop a clear vision on what I want and really continue to act from that vision, even in the midst of these challenges. So it really became for me, my life motto in a way. And when it comes to marketing and entrepreneurs, it's just so important to have that clear vision and to continue to keep it in your mind every single day. You know, when I was 12, I had a vision board, which I know can be really popular. And, you know, I was looking at it every day, right? Now I actually review my long-term goals every day, but it is so important because we are going to encounter challenges, right? There, it's a normal part of life to have doubts and setbacks. And when we are acting from the the vision of who we want to be down the road, right? The amazing business we want to have and the impact we want to have, it is so much easier to rise above those challenges and to act from who we are going to be, right? From who we are thinking we're going to grow into when we are living that vision. I just find that so many entrepreneurs give up. And, you know, the early stages, especially building a business can be really challenging when it comes to launching online. And you and I have chatted before about building a team, (laughs) right? It, It is so important because I really do believe that when you keep going and work through these challenges, that's when you really you know, get the, the rewards that you're looking for. Yeah. This idea of there's having the vision, but then letting the vision be stronger than the resistance, the, the stuff that life throws at us. And, you know, there's that old cliche statement, like, what is this? Like without a vision, the people perish or without a vision, you don't know where you're going, you know, and you need that focal point to kind of that lighthouse in amidst the storm to know kind of, this is the direction that I'm desiring to go in. And I think that's an important word. I desire to go in because 
I'm taking this in context of your first step on authenticity and, and what is genuine with you? What do you, what is your uniqueness? And then letting that, letting that uniqueness inform your vision. That's, that's a distinction that I think is important. I got that from listening to those two side by side. I don't know if that's intentional or not, but. That is totally intentional. It's so important. And one of the, the interesting ahas I had about vision, you just made the point, right? When you don't have a vision, it's almost like you're drifting, right? Or the vision may be not clear. One of the things last year, the great ironies, my mom, unfortunately, passed away. And my mom, for so much of her life, was she was such a hard worker. And there was a point she was really about my sister and I and really helping us rise above where we were and go to college and to develop, you know, our careers. And once we grew up, I think my mom really struggled to define a vision. And, you know, in the last few years of her life, it was almost like she gave up. And I know she'd be proud. She would want me to say this now because it was always like she wanted me to use her life as, as a learning tool for myself one of the, the great ironies is she actually died falling down the very stairs that I was that I went to the top of in that very incident. And, you know, like I look back on that, this, this was about six months ago, and I know that in a lot of ways she had made peace with that. I think she was ready, even though it was unexpected. But now in hindsight, I can really see it as such a, I think her message, the message she would want to at this point leave the world with is, you know, really develop a clear vision. Because otherwise, I think it's, it's much harder to live full out, right? It's much harder to create a life of meaning. Yeah. Wow. And so I can relate, especially the, the clients I work with, you know, and I'm, I want to ask you specifically, some of the authors you are, you're working with best-selling authors and whether it's an author or starting a business, you, it kind of starts out with this vision. Like, wouldn't it be great if, you know, and, and you go to work and you wake up one morning and here, here I am, I'm a best-selling author or I have this business seven figure, you know, and this is what I observe kind of like the story of your mom just made me think of this. It's like, yeah, oftentimes we do achieve our vision, but there's that opportunity. Now it's time to get a bigger vision because if we don't, we tend to become more afraid of what we're going to lose. And so we grip the wheel even tighter. We're afraid to let go. So this idea of building teams, right? It's so hard to let go and truly delegate ownership to other people because we still kind of have the same vision we started with. We're, we're kind of there. And what's different when you get a bigger vision is all of a sudden you now have that compelling future to go into. And all of a sudden you can't wait to let go because that means I get to go play. I get to go do the thing that really lights me up again. And so that's been my experience with clients is when they get that bigger vision, all of a sudden things start to fall back in place again. They put themselves at the bottom of another mountain and they go to, they do their work and it's much more clear what their work is and what it isn't. And it makes it easier to let go, therefore build the team. But I actually wanted to get your perspective because I would love to write a book someday. And this idea of so my, I'd have a vision of being a best-selling author myself. I actually wrote that down beginning of the year, like three years from now, 10 years from now, that'd be where I'd want to go. And, but I hear about those that are best-selling authors. And now that you've achieved, what do you find? Like, what, what's that like for them? They achieved their vision. What do you, what do they do to keep going now? Well, yeah, you're a best-selling author. You've made it. Now what? What's your experience been? Yeah, that's a really great question, Zach. One of my 
really big projects coming out of the gate when I started my business was for an author who, who yeah, had been a multi-time best-selling author. And it was funny because he approached me to basically do regular business management. And I said, I, I really have a vision for you. I, you know, I think you need to start an online school and start a movement. And this particular person's in the spiritual realm. And he did. And we, we did it together. And, and it really propelled his work to a new level. So I think you're making a really great point in that even when we do achieve that next level, it is so important to reevaluate because it's a natural human tendency to sort of get stuck. I think that that's where I sort of try now to, to look at my visions and my goals every day, my long-term ones. And sometimes we're going to reevaluate them. And I think that's really important to do because when we achieve them, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you achieve something and you're sort of like, well, now what? (laughs) And for myself, it might even be like, well, now I'm depressed because (laughs) what's next, right? I've definitely seen that. And I, I think the important thing to remember is that people who have made it to the top struggle with that as well, right? So it's really important for all of us to step back and reevaluate. Yeah. And the the top, it's so relative, like one person's top is another person's beginning, you know? And so, yeah, there is this opportunity always to reevaluate. And I think also values change, priorities change, the way we want to make an impact changes. And that's all fair game. This is your vision because your first step was this uniqueness, this authenticity. So it's yours. So you get to create it. That's why I love working with entrepreneurs because they are at the creative cause of of their life and their business. And if at any time something's not working for them, then they get to tweak the vision and move in a a new direction. That's what's so beautiful about the space that I think we're both in and helping people. So very good. Very cool. Is there any other things you'd want to add to just how to set people, how to set ourselves apart in in the noisy world that we are in? Yeah, just one more thing I wanted to just touch on from the, the, the vision point. Please. You know, the other thing too, I think there's a real tendency for people just starting out in this world, like entrepreneurial world, starting to develop, you know, to come out as an expert in a particular niche. There's a real tendency to look at those who have made it, so to speak, quote unquote, and have those New York Times bestselling books and whatnot as, you know, as you were just saying, the top, right? They've made it. And it's so important to not compare, you know, your beginning or middle to someone else's, you know, later stage, right, in their their journey. Because I can just say, they also are in the process, right? They're human. <laughs> and it's a big irony, because they're also comparing themselves to other people. Just so important. I think a lot of entrepreneurs can get stuck thinking, oh, in fact, I was just talking with one of the people I coach yesterday about this looking at she had an amazing launch and looking at she's looking at other people going but so and so and you know now I don't feel like I'm as powerful and I just think it's so important to stay in the step you're in when you're an entrepreneur yeah you know you're making me think some I tell clients all the time is when you compare yourself to others you limit who you are and that's what you're describing is and and you don't see the undercurrent of resistance and self-doubt and all the things that they're overcoming you know, you don't see that. You just see the tip of the iceberg, right? Exactly. Yes. Such a good reminder. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, when it comes to other ways to differentiate yourself, I'm also a huge believer 
in, I call it opening the door, open the door. And this really stems from I, when I was at the United Nations, I worked for the Secretary General's office in DC. And at the time, it was Secretary General Kofi Annan. And I was doing media, basically a media liaison for them. And whenever he came to town, it was so exciting. And I would stay in the hotel room next to him. (laughs) I was, I think at this point, in my late 20s, it was just the coolest thing. And I would gather the press clippings and basically, you know, be on call for what he needed or any updates he needed and help his press secretary. And I'll just never forget one day I had walked out because I would get ready. We'd all be, you know, the, the, his security would be standing outside when it was the secretary general was about to, to go, leave his hotel room to go to a meeting at the White House and whatnot. So I would be standing out there. And one day he opened the door, come out of his room, and I handed him, at this point, the situation in Sudan was really bad. For those of you who might remember, this is the mid-2000s. And I handed him an article, and he looked at it, and he said, you know, what, what do you think of the situation in Sudan? And I thought, you're asking me, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm 28 and I've, I'm not the secretary general and I haven't been there. And it really opened my eyes to the idea that it's just so important for all of us to seek opinions outside of ourselves. And not only that, but get mentors and be mentored, right? So even people at the very top, you know, Secretary General of the United States is seeking outside counsel from people you might not even think he should, but it it just opened my eyes to the reality that to get to, to really become our authentic selves, right? To live into that vision. It's important to surround ourselves with people who can hold the vision for us when we are in those challenges, Because we all need someone's eyes to really help us live into who we want to be. We we don't exist in a vacuum. We, it it just, I know in my life, you know, when I told the story about how I left the UN, at the time I was working with a life coach, which was so not the thing then. But I just knew I was in this, this environment where people might want the best for me, but it just, I needed someone from the outside to help encourage me to live into my authentic self and to live into that vision. So, you know, studies even shown, I think, gosh, people who have a mentor, I think it's like they're five times more likely to be promoted and they make 20% more. And people who are mentors are six times more likely to be promoted. Um, And that's just in a work environment. So when it comes to having a business, I just think it's so important to, to find mentors who are not your family and not your friends who can really, who aren't super close to you. So they're not totally invested and they, but they can hold that vision and encourage you and help you see your blind spots because we all have them. Yeah. Well, you're making me think I had my personal coach, the previous episode, and we talked a little bit about that experience, his ability to help me see what I didn't see. Like I was too shrouded by all the oughts and shoulds and, and, trying to live up to everybody else's expectations. And he asked me this question. He's like, what the hell do you want? We were at this point where our relationship, like he was very intentional. He saw me and he, that was the the right question at the right time. And that's when I blurted out, just kind of was like, oh my, I can't believe I just said that. Like I said, things like I want to be a thought leader, a coach, an author, a speaker. But uh, right when I said, said all that, it scared me to death. But 
it took a coach to see me because I, I was the person who's like, I'm going to figure this out. Whatever I, I can learn. I'm a learner. I, can, I read all the books, but it wasn't, I read all the books. I listened to all the podcasts, but it wasn't until I had eyes on me because the books couldn't see me, you know, and so I was still running it through my own filter, but having that outside perspective who could hold up a mirror for me to where I started seeing things so much clearer, it was game changing. I don't know. You just made me think of that story when you were sharing this idea of opening the door and, and inviting people in to give you advice or perspective and just because you, you can't get there on your own. Right. And of course, being intentional on who you invite in. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, you just reminded me of when, when I hired that life coach, when I was leaving the UN, I'll never forget when I was offered that job at Hay House, which was part-time entry level, I said to her, there's no way I can take this. But something that effect, you know, this is just so not right. And she just said, well, can you do it? Can you make it happen? Having someone set that vision and, hold, and be a mirror really helps us give ourselves permission to follow what's true to us. Because oftentimes, you know, the shoulds, like you just said, right, those, those shoulds can be very powerful. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they're rooted in so much like family, upbringing, values, beliefs, religion. It's so sticky that, ugh, yeah, but it's so it's, it's like a complete sense of freedom when you can untether from that and, and go back right to the first step you shared, right? Be authentic, unique, and listen to that part of you that oftentimes is just a whisper. Like you, if you're not, if you're not aware of it, it's, you don't even know it's there, but it is there that desire. And what would life be like if we all listen more to that desire, that true burning inside of us of what we really want to express into the world. Like imagine a world like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, imagine so powerful. And I, I really believe when we're not listening to that part of ourselves and giving ourselves permission, we're missing out. Like there's people who need us, who need, especially in this entrepreneur space, who need your work and your opinions and your ideas and expertise, and they're waiting for it. And it's sad to me that when we stay in our small self, we aren't able to, to reach those people often. Yeah. You've read the war of art. I think. I have. Yes. yes. Stephen Pressfield. <laughs> Gosh, I, I love this, but you just, the last page, the artist's life, uh, you know, I, you might know what I'm talking about. You, this idea that we're all given some sort of a calling, you know, there's this unique desire, this calling this purpose that we have that we get to create and in the and this is how he closes the book and i want to read this because it's so awesome and he said in the end the question can only be answered by action do it or don't do it and he said it may th help to think of it this way if, if you were meant to cure cancer or write a symph symphony or crack cold fusion and you don't do it you not only hurt yourself even destroy yourself, you hurt your children, you hurt me, you hurt the planet. And he, he says, don't cheat us of your contribution. Give us what you've got. And I'm like, yes. Um, every time I read that, I get fired up because you're, what you just said is like you, me, everyone listening, you have a gift to give to the world. And if you don't give it, you're, you're hurting yourself. You're hurting everyone around you. And that's what life is about. It's what life's about for me. And those that get around me, that's what life's about. Like, we're going to go play full out and give what we got. And that's what I love about you, Emily, is that I know enough of your story. I mean, the vulnerability just on this podcast, like I'm so good, so good. So 
I have a couple more questions. This is a selfish question. Sure. Sure. If you're trying to build an audience in a community, is the book the first step? Should I be getting my butt writing a book? It's a great question, Zach. So the important step coming from publishing, I will say, if you want to get a publisher, it's really important that you have an email list and following because a publisher will look at that if they if you want to sign with a publisher. That said, I am now a big fan. In fact, one of my huge clients is looking at self-publishing as next book. I think self-publishing is a whole, takes things to a whole new level. And it can really help you reach a lot of people and help you have impact. And it can turn into a really great generator to start to build your business and position yourself as an expertise. So there are two ways to go about it. So if I'd say right now, if you... You know, you're starting with your email list and starting to build your social following. Then I would go the self-publishing route. And if you're really, if your your big dream is to have a publisher, you definitely would want to work on building that list because publishers really look for cool. Yeah. That's helpful. That's helpful. Yeah. yeah. So, so here's a couple quick fire questions for you. You know what? What's a book or or maybe an uh, expert that you're following right now that this is really inspiring you. And what about them right now is, is inspiring you? One book I'm reading right now is Here on a Mission by Donald Miller. I'm a huge fan of his marketing and his, his positioning. And the concept is basically that you know we, we are all creating stories in our lives and we can either play the role of hero, victim, <laughs> guide, and... He has just some really great insight. I really have resonated with his message on, you know, how we can play the role of hero in our lives. He goes a lot into... Is it Joseph Campbell, Hero's Journey? Joseph Campbell, that is one. But he goes into... Who was the guy who... The Holocaust survivor? Oh, Viktor Frankl? Yes. Okay. So he goes... Man's Search for Meaning? Yeah. Yes. Yes. He, he touches on a lot of Viktor Frankl. Yeah. Well, it's gosh, knowing that book a little bit and, and your message, what you shared today, that makes a lot of sense. Um, we get to, we get to choose our meaning. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So I really recommend that book for entrepreneurs. Cause I think often we can get stuck and he, he goes into how you can create a new, a new story for your life. Well, I'm adding that to my list. Yeah. Well, where's your focus this year? So we're in 2022. We're just starting February when we're recording this. I don't know when it'll air, um, but what's what are you building this year? Yeah, well, I am. I have a group program. I call it We Rise, and it is a business accelerator for spiritual transformational entrepreneurs and practitioners. And my focus this year is really building that up and helping more and more entrepreneurs scale their businesses online and grow their businesses online. Just because I see so many people who have the idea and they just, for whatever reason, aren't really working towards it. So inside that, we really work on mindset as well as marketing. And that's sort of focus number one for me, but also I have the done for you side of my business is basically an agency side of my business. And I'm working with a meditation expert, helping him bring stuff online and a events company who hadn't had stuff online, but has a huge email list. So we're bringing that online too, because of course <laughs> the pandemic has shifted in-person events. 
So yeah, it's really going to be really exciting a year, but primarily I'm, I'm really focusing on helping the entrepreneurs rise above the noise and add their next six and seven figures. Yeah. So uh, this is a curiosity question. Like what are, what are some of the qualifiers, you know, of who you work with, you know, what are some of the traits or gosh, almost everyone has these things in common. What would you say? Yeah, gosh, some of the traits. So definitely everyone in the program is very motivated. They might not have a clear vision, but they know that they feel called for more. They just know it in their hearts and they're finally ready to give themselves permission to move forward with it and to take action. We're action takers in the group. So that was uh, number one. Number two, they really want to impact people. So it's not, you know, I really believe, especially in the spiritual and coach, you know, the life coach space, oftentimes they don't give themselves, we struggle with charging, (laughs) right? And making money. So of course this program, you know, I help them, you know, create more revenue streams. You know, of course we're doing that. But more than that, it's really, you know, giving themselves permission to reach wider audiences because oftentimes the people, you know, were feeling blocked there. So they really have a desire to help people and to impact people and they're ready to play full out. That's really what it's about. Very cool. Sign me up. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome, Emily. I think too, just, I'm very, very big on people giving themselves permission to do what they want regardless of what the people around them are doing. So we have some really unique entrepreneurs in the program. You know, we have an artist who's helping people create children's books, right? So I'm very about just what, what's ever in your heart. You can monetize that and help more people. Oh, so cool. So cool. Well, I really appreciate you coming on today. I, I, I've enjoyed this conversation. The time's flown by and really appreciate you sharing, being vulnerable. Like the stories you shared were, were powerful. So thank you for playing full out, um, living full out on this podcast. So before we wrap, where can people find you? You know, you mentioned the group, but where, where does the best place for them to start? Like if they're interested just to get to know you a little bit more, where do they go? Where would you point them? Yeah. So, um, emilymanning.com is my website. It's emilymanning.com and people can go there I do a regular challenge, a Facebook challenge, where I help entrepreneurs develop their core offer, so their primary offer online. And yeah, they can find out about the challenge in the group by going to emilymanning.com. They can also reach out to me and if they're interested in working with me, schedule a consultation. Very cool. Well, thanks, Emily. Thank you, Zach. This has been amazing. Yes, likewise. So there you have it. Hopefully you really enjoyed this podcast episode and my hope is you found it really inspirational. And also, most importantly, I hope you took away some practical things that you can start to do and apply in your own life. So finally, I have one small favor to ask of you before you go. Wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Apple Music or Spotify, if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Love to hear your thoughts. Come find us on social media. Share it on social media. It just really helps us get the word out, helps us grow our audience. So please do that. Thanks to my team, Ashley Bolden, who handles all the admin, and Chris Skipper, who handles all the music and editing of this podcast. For more information on the Create Purpose podcast, you can go to www.createpurpose.net. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Zach.Arend. Please drop me a comment. Reach out 
out, drop me a DM. I'd love to hear from you and love to hear what you're taking away from these conversations. What would you like to hear more of? Do you have any guests that you would love to see come on the show? And I'm always looking for great people to talk to and people with great stories that can inspire you. And so if you know of anybody, send them my way. Love to hear from you. I'm your host, Zach Aaron, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Create Purpose podcast. Bye for now.